1: This is NFR Extra, episode 55. And today, we are hanging out with the Powell Brothers. This Texas country rock band is hard at work gaining the attention of country music fans across the country. And they are not afraid to travel, performing 160 tour dates across 22 states every year at small venues to giant sports stadiums.
2: The Powell Brothers really took the negative of a worldwide pandemic and flipped it to a positive. They have created many segments for the fans to follow along even though they can't be in a fan-filled venue. Creating one of my favorite segments of Five at Five covering bands such as the Beach Boys, Tom Petty, and the Beatles are just a few. Follow along as they talk to us about their social challenges and changes they've met throughout this year.
1: And we revisit our conversation with Eastern Corbin when Rockin' Robbie Hodges and I talked to him last November about performing at the NFR, how he got his start in country music, gator hunting, and being the ultimate performer for the after rodeo party. But first, we have Bryland Bentley's Rodeo News of the Week.
3: This is Bryland's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week.
2: PRCA Stat of the Week. Between June 29th and July 5th, 14 pro rodeo competitions paid out a collective $1.7 million. Garrett Hale was crowned as Cody Stampede's first year roping champion. Bull rider Daley Mason splits the win with Daylon Swearingen at the world's oldest rodeo in Prescott, Arizona, which concluded July 5th. Rigan Smith following in family success with a win in Belle Fouche in the saddle bronc riding. Casey Field takes the win in Oakley, Utah. As we strap on our boots and load the rigs down, this is just the beginning.
0: 120 of the best cowboys and barrel racers rode into las vegas last december and left 10 million dollars richer the chase for 2020 has already begun and all champions are hungry for gold be sure to follow your favorite cowboys barrel racers and local rodeos all season long it all leads to one place the wrangler national finals rodeo learn more at nfrexperience.com this is the nfr this is Vegas.
2: Hi, I'm
4: world champion Jet Johnson, and this is NFR Extra.
2: The Powell Brothers are a country rock recording group from Houston, Texas, founded in 2014 by brothers Taylor and Blake Powell. With their unique blend of genre, thoughtful lyrics, and superb musicianship, the band has garnered a vast and diverse following. They have performed with the likes of John Party, Billy Carrington, Mark Chestnut, and rodeo favorites Cody Johnson. Plus, many more NFR favorite. They have performed on the biggest rodeo stages in the country, including Rodeo Houston. And they are no stranger to the City of Lights having performed at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Welcome, the Powell Brothers.
5: Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here.
1: How did you guys get going with this? How did this, the Powell, we'll we'll kind of back into the Powell Brothers, but how did you two get into music?
5: I think it all started, um, our dad played bass at at church on like Saturdays and Sundays. And so I think it part of it was just wanting to hang out with dad on the weekends. And so we kind of picked up instruments and it really was kind of, we didn't mean to do it for a living or like it become this much of our lives. It just like seemed like a fun thing to do at the time. Um, but then it went from, you know, just like picking up an instrument and learning, I think within six months I had gotten offered to go on tour with like going and playing summer camps. And then I came back from that and I was being asked to play on people's records and, um, it just kept going it just never stopped <laughs> and I tagged along and yeah and then here we are so yeah, yeah. It took like a brief break went to college but then like we both dropped out to play because we couldn't play enough music in college and then um we just yeah I, it really just it started and just we've never like stopped since that first day and then at one point we decided to kind of go out and do our own music we had at that point been, um touring for other people. We've been writing for other people. We've been playing on their records. And so we, we kind of just made sense to, to try to do a record together.
1: Well, real quick. So when you say records, right? Like where did you, wh- whose records or were there, I mean, I mean, whether it be, you know, people lower tier, upper tier, I mean, who, who were these individuals that you guys were helping out with? Any names that we may know or just on the country music line?
5: I mean, I think like the, the guys we were playing with, um, before we start our own thing we're, we're guys like uh, Sam Riggs, Granger Smith, um, was it Shane Smith, and John. A bit. John Wolf. So a lot of like several, we, we got to play with a whole lot of the guys in the Texas scene, but we also worked with a lot of folk artists. Um, Tara and I toured with just doing folk music for like two years, backing up mm-hmm. other singers. And um, I feel like you definitely would not have heard of a lot of those names but like excellent like incredible like writers like the the craftsmanship mm. is is such at a high level
6: and then before that spent time out of new york and connecticut
5: working with uh, indie rock bands up there and so I kind of got to be on all different sides of the music scene from being a crew guy um, you know bolting together truss and hanging lights to you know being a runner getting people from the airport to every side of you know being on the stage playing every instrument and being in a supporting role, uh, being a music director in a band, and then ultimately like having our own
7: band. Mm -hmm.
2: When you guys first got involved, was there a certain instrument you guys kind of leaned towards getting involved? Or was it just like, I'm going to play the acoustic guitar?
5: Um, I I immediately got into like electric guitar because I grew up in Texas, like Stevie Ray Vaughan is king. And so like growing up immediately, it was wanting to play. Kind of the stuff that just seemed like the most challenging or like hardest to play thing can I do it um, and, and he got really good and I couldn't catch
6: up so I started playing drums <laughs> and which was a great move and it was fantastic but then yeah about I don't know five years I mean I went to college for drums and what college did for me was say you have to stop uh, um, doing what you think you should do and do what you know you're made to do. And uh, growing up, drums made sense, and I was good enough at it. So I had some success doing it. But writing songs was always what I felt
5: I was supposed to do. So, um, But I think a, a large part of it also had to do with um, dad played bass. I was playing guitar, and then Tara was playing drums. So then we had a functional trio. We had a band we could perform with. Um, but uh, another like huge music influence for us was our uncle, who's... Um, like happens to be like Texas flat picking champion a couple of years. Whoa. And so like really killer bluegrass um, musician. A lot of his friends were really great. Um, so getting to grow up with those guys was really cool. But whenever we get together for like Christmas or Thanksgiving, that's whenever we had, a you know, our bluegrass band. And we would play like all the standards, but um, there's no drums in bluegrass. So Taylor had to learn how to play. He was pushed over to mandolin first, mm. but then had to start picking up guitar and then um, banjo and like kind of all the I feel like if you play bluegrass music, you have to play at least all of them. And sing. Not well. Yeah. And be able to sing.
1: <laughs> How did you become the Powell brothers? Was there some names you threw around? Or I mean, like, did it was just like, just, let's just go with the Powell brothers. How did that kind of come about?
5: I think it was, we, we threw around a bunch of names and we were like, none of these really are great. And none of them like really identify who we are. And uh, just like having a name out there that like was authentic. It was just like, well, we'll just be our, be ourselves. <laughs> It was very descriptive of who we were as people. So we, yeah, we went with that. We we promised we're a lot more creative with the other parts (laughs) of what we do.
1: Hey, originality works, right? Like sometimes just the simplest thing is probably the most uh, important piece. I mean, it it makes it easier to, well, who are these guys? Well, they're the Powell brothers. It's a lot easier to know than there's some sort of obscure name that you got to figure out.
6: Sometimes you you try and be really clever and you realize the best
1: lines are the simplest. I agree.
6: Get out of your own way.
5: It all works out. (laughs) And he like says that so poetically as like the songwriter. (laughs) And I just say, keep it simple, stupid.
2: If I read right on the website, you also have another member, Mike Bishop Smith.
5: Yes.
6: Yes. Yeah, our drummer and uh champion.
5: Yeah, he um he has a mullet right now and it's like (laughs) shaved on the sides, and we're like really proud of him. And uh, (laughs) he's living his best life. Yeah, and and just the the Great. Like Mike, Mike's wife reactments to the haircuts he's allowed to get because he plays drums for a living is so great. Yeah. It's It's really kept us going the last few
1: months. (laughs) When did he, when did, uh, when did he make the trio? When did, when did that happen?
5: Well, so Mike, um, had played with us like previously for, he came to fill in for us for like three or four shows, ended up staying with us for about a year. Um, he then took a a staff job. He was working at a church and then, um, we convinced him eventually about it. He's been with us for maybe almost two years. No, it's over a year. It's a little over over a year. year. Okay. So we finally, like, he was always one of those guys that like, he just, ever since we first started playing with him, he was just family, like, just totally get along. Like he values the same things, like in the music business that we do. And it's, it's hard to find kind of like like like-minded people that, uh, kind of value things that are, uh, a lot of hard work and not notice, but like <laughs> we believe him to be the right way to do it. So when you find somebody who's like that, a great dude and a really good musician, like we we wanted him, like we wanted him to be in our band forever since like the week we met him.
1: So does he, like when you guys are doing music, did, having him come on board, did it kind of change the artistic approach knowing that you have this other third mate that, like when you're writing music uh, or wait. however it's performing, I mean, did he enhance that kind of overall? sense for you?
5: Yeah. And it's so like we went from we were a four-piece band and then we went to being a three-piece band and then our fourth band member is we have a, a full-time car mechanic. Um but like going from a four piece to a three piece, you're just I mean it's only three guys like you do lose, you know, having that extra person does make a pretty huge difference. Um so like to be able to sound big as just being three people, you have to play differently, you have to arrange stuff differently you don't have like the the gears you can go to having that extra person, that extra, you know, cause you're losing a vocal and an instrument.
1: So your music, I, and I love your lyrics. I love kind of your approach to, it seems very attached to your, there's a lot of life within your, your stuff. It's not very kind of a campy or cheesy type lyrics. It's just, it's got a lot of soul to it, right? What? Thanks. Hey, <laughs> <So, laughs> you know, I, I love art and I like that, when people put something out there, they put it out there and they lay it out there for people to judge or however they want it, right? Just art is can see, be objective or subjective. It just depends. You know, when you're writing and when your guys are coming to music, what what inspires you?
6: Oh my goodness, man! Everything it, <laughs> it comes from everywhere. I mean, there are songs that we have that where we you know listening to uh, Merle Haggard's song and it was like we want one of those, and then that that little moment just takes you all the way. Uh, versus a lot of our songs are stories from nights on the road, uh, conversations we've had with people that stuck with us. Um, There's like dumb jokes set up in there. Um, Yeah, movie quotes, um, books, (laughs) um, literally from anywhere we can get it. I don't think we're very picky. We just like, (laughs) when you find inspiration, you grab it, you hang on to it and you roll with it and you take it as far as you can.
1: Is there an area, do you sometimes take a break? to say, I want to go and refine these ideas or, or how do you go about to when, how does it go from, you know, heart, mind, soul to paper? Like how, when does that happen? I mean, in this process?
6: Well, for me, a lot of lyric writing happens driving. Um, like if we're coming back from a show from West Texas to East Texas, and we have like a seven or eight hour drive, we'll be driving at three in the morning and I'm sitting there like dictating onto my phone. Um, we've pulled over in the gas stations to get ideas down. Um, a lot of writing happens at home. Most of the songs live for probably a month or two of continual refinement. Uh, sometimes the song, you, you have a really great spark of, of, uh, motivation and, and inspiration and you get the core idea down. But then you kind of hit a wall and, and that song isn't dead, you just kind of put it to the side and you never know if you allow it to, a month down the line or three weeks down the line, you might have the line that you've been waiting for come to you from anywhere if you're listening for it. And that spark can take the song from being mostly done to finished. And, and it can happen anytime.
7: Mm.
6: Um, but I, I we do believe that Um, inspiration finds you working. Luck finds you working. Uh, If you are spending the time and working on writing, even if it's not coming to you as fast as you wish it would, if you keep working eventually, you will find your way. There's
5: no way to be putting hours in. Yeah.
2: You've had a lot of success with this inspiration that you've found all over, and you've had eight singles this far. Which one meant the most, or does one stand out more than the other? I mean... Do you have a favorite?
6: I have, a, I have a couple of favorites. Um, the, the first one will always have a, a real soft spot. We had a song called Four Wheel Hotel, which was written about living out of our car on the road. And since then we moved into a six wheel hotel and now it's between 10 and 12, I believe depending on what trailer we take.
5: Yeah, and I also think it, it took like Three years of like doing this and like building those relationships to where people stop calling it four-wheel motel. <laughs> right. <laughs>
6: but like you know, I remember when when that was we were a
5: great hurdle to get over.
6: We were in our four-wheel hotel and we were driving from show to show and I uh we we didn't have our trailer with us that day. And I remember looking, I'm driving and I turn around and I see all of our suitcases were stacked in the middle seat at the back and our two musicians were like scrunched up against the wall and it was like this is it this is the real thing the four-wheel hotel and we have since uh thankfully gotten a little more yeah, comfortable we toured in an
5: suv for, for a couple years. years yeah, yeah. And not a big one
6: so i love that <laughs> the, the telling of that story is is wonderful and every time we sing it looking back on that um coming home always means a lot to me is a, a song from our full-length album I think it spent seven weeks in the top twenty on the Texas charts. That was super cool, and that's one of my favorite songs we've put out. Just the the writing, the sentiment.
5: Um, For me, I like uh, we released a song called Evangeline, and it's it's about like a kind of a drunken couple's fight that happened next to me at a bar I was getting a drink <laughs> at, and I just think it's really funny that this kind of just conversation that got super out of control um, ended up on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and our new single, so we
6: have a new single coming out July 1st, and it's called How It's Done, and literally, like, the, the, the spark oh, yeah. of inspiration for that song, we were at, we were playing a show in San Antonio, and a fella came up to me after our set, and he was really sweet, but he had a lot to drink, and he comes up to me and says, you guys, you got it, you got it, but I'll tell you what, the secret to success, you just gotta keep digging you got to keep digging until your nails are bleeding and you can't dig anymore. And then you just got to keep on digging further and further. And like, it was this, it was a great sentiment and I received it and it was fantastic. But the thing is, he went on like that for like 30 minutes. Like it was, and he like put his arm around me and, and like digging into my chest and like kept going. And it was, it was a lot but it was spark
5: inspiration
6: and seared into the memory. Like I'll never forget that conversation. I'm just being like, I get it, dude. I got to keep digging. Like I promise I will. <laughs> what do I have to say to like get this to stop? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the new single. How it's done. I love it. I love stuff like that.
1: How do you get to this point where kind of walk us through the working with, with the label, the side of these singles getting out there, like how, how does this all come about from a business standpoint where like where art meets the dollar, right? How, how does this come together for you guys? Or, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? That question?
5: Yeah. And like, we're, we're definitely a little different. And we're we're still like, we're completely independent. Um, So like our, our label, like, like every, all of our entities, like we, we own all of those with our our partner, Chad. Um, It's like a lot of it, it really is just, it's, us us 3 Chad Taylor and I and then the other guys who work for us just hustling all day every day. We do like we'll use a radio promoter um, mm-hmm. but like it's it's really just it's five dudes out of a barn just hustling all day every day.
6: Yeah, going into the specifics we could literally
5: talk about for hours. It is it's all super the, like creative business practices we have to yes. do to be able to pull this off um just being us. But it's—I mean—a lot. Of, really, at the end of the day, it just comes down to with
6: our team building a strategy. We are very thoughtful about how we manage finances and accounting, and and yearly strategy um, and forecasting. And basically, yeah, we have like quarterly meetings, and and we plan our singles, and we plan exactly how we're going to do it and how we're going to promote it, and where we're going to promote it. Uh, we have different people we go through for distribution. But at the end of the day, it's it's all about how do we get the music heard? How do we continue to grow the name and the brand in an authentic way that is authentic to us?
5: Yeah. Um, and part of it, too, is we've kind of just, a, a, like, as a growing band, like, just nobody's going to work harder for this, like, dream than we are. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's where we're at. It's just as much as we can kind of empower us and our guys to just outwork everybody we possibly can. That's kind of been what yeah. we've been after. After, and so it's really we just set ourselves up in a way just to be able to grind out every day and like survive. Um, and then you know things, good things do happen. The more you're out there and working, and yeah. so I mean the whole thing is just like a grind and like you know work your butt off all day every day and like good things will happen. And that's it's that's what's happened.
6: <laughs> yeah.
5: No, it's it's everything to
6: to promoting to radio through through traditional avenues, creating uh, or developing relationships with the different uh, program directors and DJs. And, and just people. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's where we play music, but we're in the people business. It's so. how we
5: look at it. So we always like so we're more like we're in entertainment, but we're a hospitality company that that provides entertainment.
1: Hold that thought, fellas. Let's take a break, and when we get back. We'll talk about digital distribution and what the Powell brothers are doing with Cody Johnson during the pandemic from the barn.
0: In 2020, more than 7,000 kids will compete for the coveted 750 spots at the Junior World Finals in Las Vegas, presented by Yeti. Each qualifier will go head-to-head for more than a half a million dollars in a championship buckle in the biggest rodeo youth event in, in the country. This could be the first time on the road to a pro rodeo card in a gold buckle in Vegas. Find out how your son or daughter can earn the right to compete against the best at the Junior World Finals, presented by Yeti.
2: Do you need a dose of social, a dash of insider info? Then the National Finals Rodeo Social Network is set up just for you. Get updates, insight, unique content, and much more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can find us at Las Vegas NFR. And be sure to use hashtag WranglerNFR on your posts and tweets. There's something for all rodeo fans. This is the NFR. This is Vegas.
5: Hi, I'm world champion bull rider Sage Kimsey, and you're listening to NFR Extra.
1: All right, we're back with the Powell Brothers, country rock original music recording artist straight out of Houston, Texas. Welcome yes, back. Sir. Yes, us,
6: sir. Yeah.
2: So we were just talking a little bit about, you know, where your music's going, where it's been, and what is the importance of streaming music and where are some of your platforms, you know, how did you get involved with them?
5: I, I think we, we really, like, we video has always been important to us and we kind of knew like you know putting out video content is like definitely part of like the future and the age we're in now um and so we would kind of been we had been building a video studio at our place for i think the past like six months mm-hmm. and then when all of this happened we happened to we were very lucky in that we put ourselves in a really great place to have a like a great spot to shoot video um but, like we had to like basically like from the ground up learn how to do all the streaming stuff like the day we got home from our last show we all got on the phone and it was hey we all need to know everything we need to know about streaming and you know doing live concerts you know by tomorrow mm-hmm. and since we like started there's like a massive like if we we go back and like watch the first one to like the most recent video we've put out like we started out we, we live out in the middle of nowhere It's so, like we don't have like wired internet So like we started out like buying burner cell phones and using up all the data plans. We could do three live (laughs) streams per cell phone. And so we were doing that for like a month and a half and then using like specific software to be able to upload our stream to one specific location. And then from there it could split the stream and then go to Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram. Um, Just like a lot of the tech challenges that had to happen from Doing a live stream out in the middle of nowhere, um, than to like a miracle happening and somebody built a cell phone tower on our street and they had to run a fiber optic cable through our property and they said they'd give us the internet if we could, if they could do
1: it. What's okay? So wait, you just <laughs> talked you know about a company. So just, I mean, this is like in the podcast world. We work, you know, with a kind of a it's almost like a distributor, right? That works in the middle uh, yeah. from the podcast world and then connects to you know. Uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So, what do you? What's that company you guys use? I mean, that's very interesting stuff because that that middleman, middlewoman, whoever it is, is the kind of the, the antithesis now of kind of how the media gets out there. What what company do you guys use for that?
6: We go through Restream. Yeah, Restream. Wow. Yeah, Restream, and and they yeah basically take your output and then you can you can send it to any or as many different platforms
5: as you want
1: and that's I mean, where spotify comes in right? i mean is that kind of like for spotify or is it we're, we're more talking about live stream right is that
5: yeah more live stream um because most recently we did um this guy named cody johnson who lives out here um Kojo. And we've been doing his uh live streams and like so we were like just from our you know place out once again out in the middle of nowhere we're streaming you know to his facebook page to like wrangler to Like several different, I can't remember all the, he was like a list of like five or six different pages were all simultaneously showing this Cody Johnson show. But yeah, yeah, I mean, as as far as
6: streaming goes, I think we've been, we've gone through several different groups. Um, And it's, it's all, it's all been relatively good. I mean, with, it's been crazy with the current situation with coronavirus and um, most of the companies working from home, there has been a crazy uh, delay in just, how long it takes to sort through all of the the songs that, cause like art is being made right now is much more than ever because every artist is sitting at home with like trying to find an outlet. Yeah, their only with audience which. is online. And so, and if you're trying to get music out right now, there is, it is, first of all, yeah, there's more art. Second of all, uh, the the
5: companies who distribute art are all working from home. Is it, we, we have had issues trying to, media or other like sources just not being able to get out on time like delayed like two or three weeks on release and it kind of just kept messing up stuff we're trying to release so like doing the live stuff like you know it's as soon as we hit live like it's it's out there mm-hmm. and it's just kind of nice to be able to do something personal like for a specific group of people um, but also can be enjoyed by people like afterwards
2: so one of those live segments you guys have been doing and we've been following along is the youtube segment the five for five I don't know if it was the last one, but there was the Beatles and the Tom Petty. How fun are those?
5: It's super fun. Yeah. It's um, they're a lot of fun to do those. And we've, we've been able
6: to take all of our live performance energies and then, I mean, obviously everything gets canceled. So you can either sit and wait or you find a way to be creative in that. And so we were able to channel a lot of our energy into doing these live performances, learning new music. It's awesome having complete
5: control over every part of it from video to audio. Um, but also like the um, the hard part about that though is um, we have so much respect for so many of these artists because there's so we've done several five and five sets where like we did it and then we were like, this, this just isn't good enough. like no. like we, like some of them I think we just will obsess over and like doing five songs from certain five artists is just yeah. hard. Yeah,
6: we did a Michael Jackson song and it was very stressful. (laughs) Yeah, we
5: wanted to do a whole set of it, but it's like we're also doing it like, you know, the, the songs are live. So it's you have to nail five songs back to back, which like isn't like, you know, that difficult. But whatever you're like a song you really, really respect, and you're trying to nail that whole set. It's like, you know, how much, you know, we could put three weeks of rehearsing into kind of, you know, just five songs. And we feel like that's the work it would take to do justice to those songs. Yeah. Well,
6: and there's something about like in a, in a live performance, if a mistake happens, everything happens so fast mm-hmm. that if you make a mistake, within five seconds, it's gone and never to be heard from again. But if it's like streamed or on YouTube or what have you, you can go back and rewind and listen to that mistake and laugh at it. And like that stress, like not to anybody does that because
5: i do you just you just keep laughing until you start crying like, <laughs> that's 20th <laughs> think you've listened to it love it
1: well how did what so fun? does this this did this come about pre-coronavirus or during coronavirus
5: we like we really started it, it was like right when coronavirus started i guess um because we've been planning on doing video we weren't really going to do live video though we were just trying to do like uh like a blog series just you know be able to do a newsletter that's like more interesting Um, that was kind of what we were working on and we kind of abandoned that and just started switching towards the live streams Um, we still are working on other like kind of like video content but we've kind of been pretty consumed with doing the live streams and then trying to figure out kind of just what's next in between the constant booking and canceling of shows that's going right. on right now. But it's amazing because we the, the
6: previous six months to coronavirus, we had been working on our studio space, trying to make it perfect for video. Things like, it's a massive room. Painting the whole thing black took us like four days. Solid painting is brutal. But all these different things that really enhanced the space for doing video. And so we would spent all this time trying to optimize and in that moment, whenever we kind of got to a really good spot was when the coronavirus hit. And so we were able to, as a team say, we've already done the work. We don't have to, we don't have to go through and, and do all these things we've already put in the work now. I mean, there was obviously work to be done. We had to figure out a lot of things really quickly, but it was, I mean, the, the day after uh, the, the day the quarantine was announced, we were shooting video the next day and then releasing the day after. So uh, we were we were very agile and uh, able to, to be flexible in that moment, which I think is fantastic. But now the new thing is we're starting to do shows again. So for the two months or three months, however long it was, our entire rig was built out in our space. We weren't having to build a, a studio set recording set tear down go play shows come back unload the trailer rebuild it do some shoots tear it down reload the trailer go i
5: mean now now, we're doing that and now we're like we're we're also now recording a record um so we're we're and like just like yeah we're having to like completely rip up our entire rigs probably four times a week um so yeah in between doing shows and then all that stuff and then facilitating other people coming in and doing streams because we end up having to like, we pull all of our gear apart to make that happen too. It's a busy time, all yeah. that to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like it.
5: Yeah.
1: I guess, so we, we were talking about this on the break and just kind of going backwards. So it sounds like there's some unique ways to get your your music out there, your art out there. You're talking about a greeting card. Can you talk a little bit more about that greeting card piece that's, that the bands do? Like, I, I think it's unique with yeah. what you got to do today to promote yourself.
5: Well, I guess it had been going on for a while. Um, and like, because we'd heard about it, because, um, there was a comedian who, I can't remember the name of the website, but there's a website where you can go on there and you can basically just pay a set fee. And then a celebrity will basically just record a video for you like, you know, if you wanna have like, you know, some your favorite actor, like say happy birthday to your mom or like whatever, like they have that website. And I remember there's some like comedian who like asked for like a half a million dollars oh. to say happy <laughs> birthday. Like that's like, we'd heard about it because of that news article about it. Um, but that it was then like whenever this started happening, I know a lot of um, like singers in our scene like started you know saying hey you know we'll sing we'll sing a song to you know your significant other on you know birthday or whatever or like say hi, and so I, I it was funny to see like a lot of well, not funny necessarily but just like it was cool to see. People finding other ways to like make money and then um and connect to people yeah so that like, connection is a super cool thing yeah that like because that's like totally gone like you know even doing these streams like you know you are you're you're playing you know to a, a wall you know, like most of them are going on in a living room or like a, a garage so like um you know playing music like i feel like most of like so much of our career is like you know it's music and then like meeting people and spending time with people and like that's a huge part of it and then, like that completely removed from like our lives like it does like just kind of change the balance of everything so like finding those ways to make up the interaction where it's the kind of live streams that are more acoustic where you're more just kind of talking answering questions um you see a lot of people do like the uh just like the online like phone calls where they have like they'll do like pick like 10, 15 people and play a private stream just for those people or doing membership things on their websites Mm -hmm. where they release content constantly. Um, People have been like getting creative and like, I don't think nobody's like hit where the future is or where it's going. I don't think we've like seen that, like at least on a big scale yet, but like something is going to change forever in the scene and everybody's kind of just waiting to see who's going to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Something's got to give, you know, and I think of, uh, you know, cause we were, I work on the digital marketing side. And if you go back to the nineties, right? If you're in college and you're talking about marketing, you're like, well, in 20 years, there's gonna be every single tool that you ever wanted to do for marketing, but yet it still won't move the needle. Right. Or if it does, yeah. it's gotta be the content. Um, which today, if you think about for an artist, there's, you can do all as you guys are kind of laying this out you're not having to pay some big production company to do all this stuff. You guys are doing it right. The capabilities are there. Um, It always follows back on the art. I think, I mean, that's just, it really falls back on clearly you guys have art, you have followers, you have listeners and you know, we're going to dive into some of that stuff here in the next interviews. Um, So with that being said, what, so touring, right? You guys tour. Let's talk about some of it. We're, you get out there in the in the country. Where, where are some of your favorite cities? What's probably one of your besides Vegas? Where are some of your I'm favorite areas? Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> where are some favorite areas uh, you guys like to perform at, or you have consistently?
6: I love Coeur d'Alene, Idaho.
5: Yeah, totally uh,
6: blown away by Coeur
5: d'Alene. Uh, <laughs> Jackson Hole was super fun. Where was Utah? Where Park City, yeah, Park City, Park Utah. City. Like I, I just knew nothing. Like, Idaho was the same. Like I just didn't know anything about Idaho. Like, I think all I knew about it was from, like, a movie where they, like, they just show, like, a, what is it? A, like, a tumbleweed just, like, blowing through a field. You know, like, that's <laughs> Idaho. I feel like that's Wyoming. <laughs> oh, that's Wyoming. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> Wyoming. Um, but just, like, you know, some of those, like, states, like, I've just, you know, never been to. And you drive out there, and you're, like, wow, it's, like, gorgeous. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I'd want anybody to know about this either. Yeah, we've done some work in, like, Northern California, like, uh sacramento yeah playing in napa is fun we have a couple Um, times gone and like just played for bottles of wine in napa and no (laughs) regrets you know
6: but like even like so so right before the corona hit like okay so when everything was starting to really ramp up we were in chicago we were in chicago and and people started realizing this is a big deal and it was a there were people out, but it was not Chicago. It was definitely like Chicago was getting a little concerned. And <laughs> we did a two night stay in Chicago and then we were driving to Detroit for a two night stay in Detroit. When we were on our way to Detroit, we got a call saying Detroit just canceled. We're shutting things down. But on the way, we had stopped in this town in Michigan called Grand Haven. Oh, yeah. And we ended up spending a day there and and like the craziest this uh group of events we were like eating lunch and i saw this outdoor pavilion stage and i was like this is cool i found the sign for it i took a picture we ended up uh meeting the the talent buyer for that stage and it turns out
5: yeah like the owner invited us over to his other music venue
6: yeah yeah but it's like so so yeah we we ended up getting to meet the the you know the owner of this venue we got to meet an artist who's from boston which is where we
5: went to college so we are you know it's like a really cool listening room in like a random town that i just googled like on the way and so it's like, we always, if, if you look hard enough, there's always something really cool. Like, I mean, there's, it's a huge, like it's a rich country. There's, yeah, there's a there lot are. of like, cool stuff and there's a lot of cool people everywhere. And like, if you just kind of, I feel like we're kind of always like story hunting to a degree mm-hmm. and uh, just, like there's, there's really, there's cool parts of town everywhere.
1: You guys have played at some pretty cool sporting events.
6: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been very fortunate. Yeah.
1: So, when now you've, you know, major league baseball, NHL, obviously NFR, um, you know, Las Vegas bowl and either. What do you take advantage when you go to these places to, how does it work? This is I like the business side of this. How do you work the angle that, um, you're going to go play the you know national anthem, something like that. You get your foot in the door, you get your, your name out there. How do you leverage the other side to go play at certain areas during these big events how does that work for you guys
5: well like a, a lot of it was and it's kind of funny like we literally like we we really started doing the the games because we're just workaholics like we feel like we're supposed to be working all day every day um and so we fe- figured out that if we go sing a national anthem we're technically doing something like
3: productive,
5: productive but we also then get a really great excuse to like we're already here we might as well stay and watch the game And so like, um, it it really just started out as like, it was just fun for us. Um, and it was like, you know, on a day where we didn't have a show booked instead of like, you know, trying to, you know, I was always trying to find a way to keep the schedule full and it kind of like would space out a day where like, we're already playing in this town. Um, And some of those places they'll, they'll tweet about our show even. Um, but it it always looks good if you're coming to town, it's like, Hey, you know, we're playing, um, You know, we want to book a show at at your venue. Oh, we're we're singing the national anthem the night before at the game, or like we'll be singing the national anthem, you know, at the game, and then you know, kind of advertises like the after party. Like we'll be singing that anthem, and then we'll be at this bar the night, you know, right after the game. Um,
6: Well, a lot of stadiums, like Rangers Stadium in uh, in Arlington, there is a bar literally connected to the stadium that has a big stage. I think there's a couple of bars, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's like it's you, you, you can go sing the anthem and then after party there. And then, like, if you know if we're playing in a place like Milwaukee or what have you, I mean, it's.
5: But then, uh, like, a lot of um, places, too, like, the, I guess you're kind of saying, it's like they have venues, like, inside the stadium. So, um, like, with the Astros, we, we do a lot of stuff where, like, we'll play, like, in center field, like, after the game's over. Um, we, we usually do that, at, like, like, at least once a year. Um, but then like world series um we got to play they had like street a stage party. out that the uh, yeah street parties like kind of outside the stadium before the game so we got to play out there and then um, i mean cowboys
6: they have a big open lawn with a massive stage and so we'll do pregame parties that i think two years ago when they had the eagles for the no it was the seahawks for the playoffs. Yeah we got to
5: play the, the pregame
6: party, which is
5: super cool. It's like, there's like, uh, you know, these big crowds kind of already at the event, just waiting to get into the stadium. And we're, you know, they kind of, st- there's a stage right there. Like people, if, if you want to buy beer, you're going to kind of have to listen to at least a song of ours. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, what better way to be introduced to a whole group of people than by your favorite sports team?
6: Like it, yeah. it's such a powerful thing. It's such a, a great
5: way to and like, but a lot of it really is just—it's so much fun. Yeah, like it's just really fun to get to do that stuff.
6: And it's a pleasure to work with all all the people involved in those organizations are amazing.
1: Well, what, let's talk about one of your experiences, Houston, right? Uh, mm. Two thousand nineteen World Series. What? How was that with, you know, Houston Astros? How was was that? How it, did that go it down? Was, it was I mean, awesome. I mean,
5: um, but do, do you know who Paul Wall is by chance? Yes. He's a, Houston rapper. He's very famous for the grills. Yes. Yes. Contribution (laughs) to the world. I think Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, it's like we, we did a, we did a thing and he came, like we were playing and then Paul Wall came and did like five songs, like in between like our sets. And it was, it was really awesome. It was one of the more Houston things we've ever gotten to be a part of. Um, And so it was just like the, the group of people we were like with that day was just such a, like, it's yeah. just the, the the people that you'd be hanging out with it's like i'd never meet or get to talk with a lot of people that we got to talk to that day and it was because of music and, and baseball and like yeah. we were drinking beers with a bunch of washington fans um out in like left field most mm-hmm. of the game and it's like we never like like super interesting cool people um it's well, like, you know yeah. never would have been friends with them
6: when you think about it this way like while it would have been fantastic had Houston won that series. Yeah, um, I paid
5: for Game Seven tickets. I'm still bitter. Wow, it would
6: have been great. <laughs> here's the thing: we, we play in DC, and 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 uh, all of the DC fans we met were awesome. And so yeah, now we're still
5: friends, even though
6: yeah, it's still happened. still painful. But I mean, the thing is, like, we we can stroll into DC, and if we see a Nationals hat, we can strike up a conversation, and all of a sudden we're friends. Like, th- that
5: connecting point that you can have with people, especially, like, that's a very well, so, yeah, intense like one. I was I was not super happy, but I was, like, a part of the Nationals' first World Series ever. Yeah. Which... And uh, happy
6: for the fan base, because they were sweet. They were, like, just yeah. on the whole. It was really also nice funny.
5: People. We had a show that night, um, <laughs> and I bought World Series tickets, and me and our manager went to the World Series, and Taylor went and did the show as the Powell brother, (laughs) it was great. We thought about like getting our merchandise and like crossing out the
6: S and, and just have like a run of Powell brother merch.
1: How has it been getting your foot in the door in festivals? Because what we've noticed from an event side here at Las Vegas events is, you know, festivals have exploded over the country. I mean, there's, seems like there's a festival. I mean, not right now, but I mean, there's a festival almost like every weekend. How do you go about trying to get your foot in those doors to go play at festivals?
5: I think a lot of, a lot of the stuff I think kind of has to do with each other, but like a lot of it is just like us constantly like being busy and constantly working, um, and just showing constant, like over, you know, our whole like career since we started this, that, like we're, we're going to be out there working. Like if, if you, if any talent buyer or whatever, if anybody wants to take a chance on us, like they're like, we're not going to let them down by not working hard enough. And so it's like that never, like that never ends. And so I think venues or, or the festivals like they see that like we're we're gonna we're gonna come work regardless and if we can't be on the festival this year we're gonna come out there and we're gonna play a show nearby and we're gonna invite them out there and see if we can you know meet them and like we're cultivate gonna, that. yeah we're just gonna keep coming back until they eventually say like hey we all be on our festival. so it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of festivals that I think we're getting on this year. And it's, that's kind of exactly what happened is we, we booked tours that took us through smaller venues in the area and just built up a reputation, you know, went in there and just, you know, be nice to everybody, work our butts off and just hope that that kind of reputation helps open that next door and that next door.
1: It's all about Mm -hmm. the hustle, right?
5: Yeah. I mean, honestly, hustle and be nice to everybody.
1: Yeah, right. kindness that kindness it goes a long ways. That's for sure.
5: That's kind of like if there's a secret. That's that's all it is. I think.
2: So kind of jumping gears a little bit. You guys have some Christmas songs, but I've yeah. only seen, but I've only seen two. Was there a reason, or are we? Am I just missing it?
5: This we just we put out a Christmas single. Just kind of like we. I I don't know how many we've done, but um, so have, it's two.
6: Maybe three, but I think two honestly, I think we've like we gotten so busy
5: because yeah, that we used to it was always fun. we would do like a Christmas video and like kind of do our own arrangement on like a classic Christmas song, and I think the last two years we haven't done it
6: we we've been so i mean like honestly that this corona situation is the first time we've spent more than a week in one place in probably four or five years. Hmm yeah
2: very similar to our rodeo world so yeah we understand that
5: so yeah it's just totally you know, you know, guys? Like, now we need to shoot all of our christmas videos for the next five years yeah
6: so that's like that's the summer project is the christmas project
5: yeah no, we we love doing this, and I, those also give us an excuse to um we're, we're just music nerds and um while well, we're kind of we're in a genre where we're kind of putting out music consistently, like in a specific genre, like whenever we do those Christmas things or something special, we can, we can really go anywhere we want to with it. And I know we have definitely kind of taken like a Ray Charles, like, or I like kind of gotten to all the things that we love kind of about jazz or like RB or blues music. Like we get to more put into those songs because um, they're just separate from the, like the CDs we put out.
1: Like for I'll be home for Christmas. How does this work on the side of submitting that and you know attaching yourself to a song that's probably been sang by a lot of different people?
6: right? I'm pretty sure a lot of the the songs that we've done at least are public domain by now.
5: yeah, they're just old enough. um we're also like we don't we don't sell those mm-hmm. um, so I mean I, I don't um yeah we just don't try to monetize anything that we don't write we we never try to monetize um which I think keeps us out of the clear, but like we do also. I think when it comes to the legal stuff, like our, our business partner, he's that's that's his kind of ball game. That's his background. So um, whenever it comes to anything like that, we always reach out to somebody more knowledgeable. Have a we, good team. Yeah, we do the art side, all of the rules and stuff. We, we double check with somebody who takes that side of their lives as seriously as we take music.
1: Well, it just it. But it, once again, though, it just gives you this other tool, right, to promote you and shows kind of this uh kind of this 360 range that you have and music and you know the lighter side of things or whatever it is you can get after i mean it just it's you can do these things and it just shows that you're that you're willing to kind of go out there and kind of just show a little bit more art than what you just normally do and you're kind of your. It's
5: just fun it gives us that outlet to just do something different that doesn't have mm-hmm. to fit with an image like it's it, special projects are really like in christmas like that's yeah, Some of the most, that's like the most exciting part about it is like, this doesn't have to connect to anything we've ever done before. Like this can just be an exercise in making this song the the greatest we think we could do it today.
1: What kind of music you've been crafting? I mean, has, has your, your your music taken a different kind of approach to things or um, how how is it crafting for, I know you got an album coming out July 1, but what, what other things have you been kind of working on when it comes to that to your music, to the art of your music, not just like doing live or in the shed or anything like that. Is there some new pieces that you see happening down the road?
5: Oh, definitely. Um, Yeah. Like right now, I I think that's, as we're starting to see stuff kind of come back um, or at least like there's plans of coming back now um, we have been working on the record and um, you know, a lot of it, we spent a lot of our time, just kind of keeping up and getting content out. Um, like, the new record is, like, I think completely changing kind of everything we're doing. Um, I think that's going to change the kind of the overall image. And, like, it's, we're definitely kind of, quarantine has pushed us to a, a new place or a new season in life. And, like, all of that's, like, kind of happening right now. And so it's, like, a pretty exciting time. Um, but, like, we're we're changing up the live show. I mean, how we do everything from, like, our networking um, of our, like, live gear to, like, you know, the sounds, but we've been going through with, um, our, our engineers been over here a lot, and we've really been dialing in kind of sounds, being more intentional about, um, I mean, kind of this, this, like, the corona thing's just given us, like, a, a good time to really work on stuff, at being able to, like, be home and, like, work on something continuously without having to leave and, like, go work and then come back. Like, it's just, we've never had an opportunity to approach music like this. It's always been on and off the road constantly, like our entire lives. So it's just giving us a a time to approach everything differently. And we're just, I think we're all just trying to take advantage of this time because this isn't something we normally get and won't last.
1: Wow. Well, it sounds like you guys are you know, keeping the ball rolling, uh, doing some great things with what you have. Uh, I love the evolution of just using what you have from a studio, your relationship with Kojo, uh, the new music coming out. Where can just kind of a little plug here for you guys, What where, where can people find some more information about the Powell brothers?
6: Our website is powellbrothersmusic.com. Uh, we are on all forms of social media. At Brothers
5: Powell is the tag, but the easiest way if you Google the Powell brothers, we come right up. It took years, but we are now the first thing that comes up. (laughs) No more lacrosse videos. You'll get us.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, guys. Um, We really appreciate this. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, thanks for coming on the show.
6: Thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us be a part. It's, It's a pleasure.
1: To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the Top 35 Most Memorable Moments.
3: ROY COOPER BEAT THE BEST IN THE WORLD AND FATHER TIME IN HIS RECORD-SETTING TIE-DOWN ROPING CAREER. Cooper. Out now. COOPER WON A record tying FOURTH NFR TIE-DOWN ROPING AVERAGE CHAMPIONSHIP IN 1995 and ONE OF THE SUPER LOOPERS' 19 NFR APPEARANCES IN HIS SIGNATURE EVENT. ONE OF ONLY SIX COWBOYS EVER TO WIN A WORLD CHAMPIONSHIP IN HIS ROOKIE SEASON and the winner of a rare rodeo triple crown in 1983. Roy won that fourth NFR average title in Vegas at the ripe old age of 40. Cooper was the first rodeo cowboy ever to win $2 million in his career and owns a grand total of eight gold buckles, including the coveted world champion all-around cowboy crown. But his greatest legacy may be his sons. All three, Clint, Cliff, and Tuff, have qualified to compete at Thomas and Mac, and Tuff, is a four-time world champion. Roy Cooper was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in the inaugural class of 1979.
0: Each year at Cowboy Christmas, more than a quarter million country western shoppers mingle with NFR contestants, Flint Rasmussen, and the best junior cowboys and cowgirls in the world. There's no place in sports where your rodeo heroes find time to meet and greet their fans 9 to 5 every day. Cowboy Christmas. It's shopping, live music, rodeo, and so much more. Book your reservations and find out more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. It's all here.
3: Hi, I'm Boyd
7: Paul Hamas, and you're listening to NFR Extra.
0: Here we are with uh, American country
1: singer Easton Corbin. That's
7: Welcome great. to
1: the NFR Extra podcast, Easton.
7: Hey, man. What's up, guys? You doing all right?
4: Yeah, you bet, Easton. Thanks Oops. so much. I know you're pretty busy. It's a pretty busy time of year for you right now, ain't it?
7: nah thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me.
4: How's Nashville?
7: Man, it's good. It's good. It's a little, little wet and rainy today, but uh, it's supposed to cool down here. I guess for Halloween, I don't know.
1: Well, that's good. I guess yeah. you just feel, mm, man, love that place. How'd you get into this singing? How'd you get into country music? I mean, Nashville is a given, but how'd, how'd you yeah. take it this far?
7: Man, you know, i you know, first of all, I've always loved country music. I mean, I just, I just always have, and it's kind of one of those things where it's always been a, I guess, part of my life, I guess. I don't know. My grandpa was always a singer. and My dad loved singing and things like that. And so it was just kind of a natural thing to get into, I guess. And, uh, Man, it's just—it's something I've always loved, especially traditional country music. I love, you know, my favorites are you know, Keith Whitley and George Jones and and Merle Haggard and folks like that. So, you know, I just always loved
3: it. You know, I, just
1: talking to you, man. I've—I've I've heard you sing. I've seen all kinds of stuff of your work, but you got a great voice, man. You know, I, I tell well, you, man, Robbie, you know, Robbie, I Robbie kind of said you, you sound a little bit like George Strait. Yeah,
4: he got a little of that, and we sure don't mind that. Uh, you I, I, I got wish some, I had his money. I can tell <laughs> you, you're heading there. I promise you. Yeah, we hear you. <laughs> so,
7: uh, I hope you're right.
4: I, I think I am. A lot of lot of lot of rodeo fans are Eastern Corbin fans. It's because of where you're from down there in Florida, being in the South, you're kind of one of us, and you sure act like it, and we love it when we see you. Uh,
7: well, and again, that's a, you know, I love putting on the show, but the after-show party is, is one of my favorites, man. You just get down there and hang out with your buddies. And, yeah. And, again, your fans, and, and it's just about to hang, man. You know, that's as much as anything, you know.
1: And no party till the after-party. Right. So, <laughs> so what,
4: what do you think it's like being, you know, because you are the, of course we have George Stray, but, you know, he's kind of, in his retirement years, what do you, what, what's it like being the new rodeo singer guy, you know, cause you're at so many rodeos we go to. If you look on our sheets, you know, we see that. So tell everybody kind of yeah. what it's like being the new rodeo, you know, the after party singer,
7: man, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Shoot. I, I love it, man. And we, you know, we just talked about seeing us at Jackson, down there at Jackson rodeo. And, um, you know, rodeos are some of my favorite places to play. I mean, they just start, I, I grew up going to them and, and things like that. And, uh, they're just, I mean, they're, they're my people, you know, you're my people. And, 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 and I just, I love it, you know? And then and, and there's, there's no, there's no events like it, you know, they're, they're, they're one of a kind and, and just some of my favorite.
4: Well, that that's, that is great. And you are, you're one of us too. And that's why we love having you when I see that name on them sheets and we're doing the rodeos and stuff. So uh, tell us a little about where are you from or how'd you grow up in this? Like you was talking about with country music. So what are some hobbies you like to do and stuff? Cause I'm sure it, coincides with the rodeo fans
7: oh yeah man you know I, I grew up in North Florida and, and uh yeah, around around Trenton a little place called Trenton Florida and uh I always say Gainesville just because that's about the closest place everybody might know you know but uh, I'm, I'm still about 45 minutes or an hour from Gainesville and man I, I grew up on a small cattle farm there I, I grew up showing cattle and with 4h and FFA and and things like that so a lot of people don't realize Florida's Pretty agriculture. You know? Oh yeah, and they they always think about Disney World and the beach and Miami and you know on. I mean, and in Florida is that some of it, but you know there's there's a lot more to Florida than just that. You know, it's a, it's a it's a pretty big cattle cattle producer and and agriculture. One of my best friends he he farms for full time for a living. You know, and um, so that's that's really how I grew up. And you know, of course. Some of my hobbies, you know, I, I love to hunt and fish and, and, and things like that. And of course, I, I you know, I just said, we, I was down there last weekend gator hunting. So, um, you know, anything outdoors, Oh, I oh yeah.
4: yeah I, we y'all all sw- swamp bugging or <laughs> airboating?
7: Man, you know, we were down, I was over in Palatka. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville, and, uh, it was just, uh, we, we got on St. John's River out there yeah. and, uh, and, some buddies of mine over there at the little place it's called God's Country Outfitters nice, and, nice. Uh, I like the name R-R-T of and, and Charles Harrington over there in fact they'll be out at the, the NFR this year
4: nice good you, so you have to bring them by and them. introduce them that's pretty cool so, I, I would oh, love to go guys. get her, honey I, I think their dad's oh.
7: roping out there oh at the, uh,
1: at the oh the team roping series, series. yeah, yeah. Series. that's
4: awesome
7: I, 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 they were ropers back in the day when they were growing up their dad still
4: ropes and stuff out there i got you is that near green cove is that where kind of out that way
7: yeah it's right by green cove over there
1: by whitey's fish camp so obviously easton you're you're painting a good picture of your life growing up you've been around the western lifestyle over in florida how cool was it to get the call or how does it feel to get the call to sing the national anthem at the big daddy of them all the super bowl of all rodeos
7: Oh, dude, it's it's an honor, and and, uh, it just I I love doing it. Anytime we get to the national anthem, it's an honor, you know, uh, to to be asked, and then on top of that, to be, you know, at the, the NFFA finals out there. I mean, it's just such a cool experience, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, definitely the national anthem is one of those songs that uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's not easy, but uh, it's an honor to be able to, you know, be able to do that.
1: You know, I'm just throwing this out there because we. We deal with the national anthem a lot, and what you're saying there—the singing part and honestly, that's my only advice. Being around the national anthem,
7: don't many start years, too high. I no, guess. yeah, exactly. Yes. Just
1: sing it from your heart.
7: Again, you better have your pitch pipe out there. Don't don't start too high because <laughs> yep. you do, you're in trouble. Yes, yeah, because
4: that last one will get you. One. Yeah, you got to build up. Uh-huh. Rockets, red <laughs>
1: flare. That's for I mean it, and yeah, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, singing that thing—I'm no singer, but just watching people try to perform it—it's—it's it's a task, man. I mean, I don't know who you are,
7: honestly. Yep.
4: I wonder I bet but it's gotta it's be It's fun man Yeah So
7: no, gonna
1: be good. Have you
4: ever sang it At any other events Like NASCAR Or football games And stuff like that Or is this your Big you, go at it
7: No man we, we, We've we done it At NASCAR We've done it At PR. Um mm-hmm. we, We've done uh, Yeah I sang it In Austin oh, oh, Last year Beautiful And uh, And we've done it at Some NFL stuff You know the Titans here Oh yeah The Colts So man we, we've, we've done it A few places And, and again it, it's It's it's, it's a lot of
1: fun. You're a seasoned national right. anthem singer. How, how many years have you been doing I mean, the NFR?
7: It's, it's probably six years, maybe. Nice. Wow. That's maybe, awesome. Something like six, seven years? Yeah. I don't know. We, I mean, It's been a long time. It, it, it's Again, it's one of those things where I always look forward to it. It's like, hey, we're doing the NFR in December. There's no question about it. Man. As long as they'll have us back.
1: So, I want to back up real quick because we're, we're all in the moment of the night, right? How is it? at Mirage cuz that place, you know, we're always working, we're doing the rodeo, there's no downtime for us. But from the pictures and the, the posts and everything, that place looks bananas for rodeo and country music. How, how is it performing
7: there? Oh, dude, it's great. I mean, it's always packed every year and the the crowd out there is always on fire, man, you know? And uh it it's it's awesome. It's such a fun time.
4: That that venue there is so neat. The way they have it set up right in the middle. Also, oh, yeah. uh, I highly recommend That's it. Great. Anybody listening, come come here because there's not a bad seat, and uh, you won't be sitting
1: close <laughs> enough to touch. Easton, right?
4: Yes, but don't. Okay. <laughs> but I guess I mean he might shake your hand. I'm sure he's cool because he's from the south, so you know he's gonna be cool. So
1: hey, you know Easton, we also wanted to give big thanks to Decker from F who uh, you know connected oh, dude, us with Steve,
7: you. He's great, man, dude. He, he's one of my He's one of my favorite folks, man. He, he's great.
1: Well, from what we understand, because we had you scheduled for next week, but you had to bump us for something a little more important. Uh hear you're going turkey hunting.
7: Oh yeah, man. Well, we're actually going. Uh, it, it's a, it's a deer hunt nice. out in Kansas. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, they raffled it off, or not raffled it off, but uh, they did a auction. I guess I don't know. Right. Um, it at it, uh, the Turkey Federation uh, show here in Nashville. And uh but is it the deer hunt actually? Nice. All right, That's nice what turkeys. they told me. It's deer hunt. Unless I get out there and there's turkeys, I don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> Shoot it. What That's part of hunt, man? That's right. all here. I What
4: part of Kansas is it? Are you?
7: Man, I I, I don't know exactly. I it's it, I think they called the the Hooray Ranch or something like that out there. I
4: got you. Right I might down. be
7: miss I might be miss saying it at the Hooray or Hooray Ranch.
4: Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah. That's good. Boy, there's a lot of big deer out there. You're going to have a good time out there. I yeah. love well, it. That I you're hunter and- Kansas. Yes. I know. I dodge them a lot driving through there.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Easton hey, thank you Easton for coming on the show.
7: Appreciate you guys. All right.
1: We want to thank Blake and Taylor Powell from the Powell Brothers for visiting us on NFR Extra today. And stay tuned for episode 56 with WPRA CEO Doreen Wintermute, and stock contractor, Mesa Pate, owner of Famous Bull Highway 12. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've been hearing on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra.
7: All dirt.
2: All rodeo.
1: All year.
0: Gotta make it out
7: the Vegas where the big boys round with the rovers and the racers and the fools and the browns and the ladies in the skin-tight wrangers and the cowboy hat.